This is the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Point. I'm Cheryl Ross, the Next Steps and Discipleship Pastor here at Southridge Church, and I'm with Scott Beha, our lead pastor. And before I go any further, I just want to make sure that if you're new to us, make sure that you go ahead and like and subscribe to us, so that way you don't miss out on any new content. Um, but we are in week five of a series, Sunday series, called Stained Glass Crash, where um, this past week you shared about personal preferences and how personal preferences are just that like are they are our preferences yeah and they're not the reason that we should associate but you kind of started off with you know every relationship that we have basically like that relationship and those people are more important than us having our way yeah and that's i mean that's really a biblical thing yeah, it's completely biblical. In fact, I, I mean, in, in the past when I've preached on our core value of we before me, mm-hmm. I've always broadened it out to where I go like, this actually works in every part of your life. Mm-hmm. Like, you will be a better employee mm-hmm. at your job if you live out we before me. You will be a better husband, wife, mother, father, friend, pastor, community member, person on the, uh, you know, on the interstate, sitting in traffic person at the grocery store, you will be better in every single aspect of your life mm-hmm. if you learn to live out we before me. Yeah. It works everywhere. Absolutely. So one of the things that you kind of briefly mentioned is that within preferences when it comes to church and the type of worship we enjoy and whatever, um, is that really there there's an, a need for different types of churches to have those different experiences, partially because of our preferences what do you have to say about that? And like, have you always felt that way? Um, no, I haven't always felt that way because whenever I was younger and um, more arrogant than I am now, I won't say young and arrogant because then you might think that I'm no longer struggling in that area of my <laughs> life. Just less arrogant We're both now so than. Um, but. No, when I was younger and, like, really, really, really arrogant about church, Mm -hmm. I thought the way that we did it here was really the way that everyone should do it because what we did works. And I see so many people that do it differently that doesn't work. Yeah. Um, And so I was prideful in in going, look, I mean, we do something that works. You should just do it like us. Mm -hmm. I've come to understand that there is actually a need for every size church, Mm -hmm. every style of worship church, Mm -hmm. every style of preaching church. Um, because we are wired in a way to where um, certain things just resonate with certain people. Like, mm-hmm. like, like really artsy people resonate with churches like uh, that are that utilize mm-hmm. that sort of stuff in worship. Mm-hmm. You know, people that are are more maybe like rational, knowledge um, hungry type people would would navigate towards a church that might be a little bit deeper in their teaching mm-hmm. um, and a little bit more heady than heart yeah. and then some people are somewhere in the middle and so there's a need for all of that there's some there's people that will find themselves very comfortable in a small church mm-hmm. 25 30 40 people yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever um, a, as long as you are 
operating like a church. Right. You know, those five distinctives yeah. that we talked about on week one of this series, yeah. if you're hitting those but the Lord, you know, just sees fit to keep you all small, well, that's perfectly fine as long as you're doing those five things. Yeah. But then I also see there are going to be some people that feel much more comfortable in a church of 5,000. Yeah. And there's nothing inherently wrong with a big church either. Mm-hmm. Right, so sometimes those two camps look at each other like each one right. is doing something wrong. It's like, no, it, I, I think the Lord has fashioned all these little ecclesias in a way mm-hmm. to where there's going to be something for everyone. And then, that see, that should take care of a lot of this infighting that you get in the church. But there's not enough people that are actually spiritually mature enough to understand those three things that we talked about on Sunday. Right. Look, when you're at odds with your church, mm-hmm. you can leave on good terms and say, look, this is just mm-hmm. a preference thing. The church down the road does it how I like it, so I'm going to go there. And with our blessing, you go, and the body is better for it. That church is probably waiting on you. Mm -hmm. Maybe someone with your spiritual gifts or whatnot, you're going to be a blessing to them. You're also going to be a blessing to us because you're not going to try to sit here and fight with us or talk poorly about us in small groups or to your friends or complain or whatever. You're going to be able to go and worship somewhere that you can get more out of it Mm -hmm. than every time you show up at your church and you're frustrated or so it can be a blessing. Like Not everyone understands that sometimes there is addition through subtraction, and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah. That second thing is what most people try to do, right? Because, we, I mean, we, they, that they will try to fight mm-hmm. for their personal preference. And, yeah. and unless you go to a, a church with, like, really weak leadership that doesn't understand mm-hmm. who they are and who God right. has called them to be, you might win some of those fights, but, but in, in any church that's worth anything, you will not win that fight right. over a personal preference. Right. And then the third one, which is the most godly one, is that people can sacrifice mm-hmm. their personal preference and realize, like, yo, it's, mm-hmm. it's really not about me at all. This right. is about Jesus. And so, you know, um, that, that people just don't understand those three things. Yeah. It always has to be so contentious. And it's like, no, nah, it really doesn't need to be like, People like people leave our church on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and a lot of those yeah. people like there are some sometimes where people see someone leave or know that someone's left and they don't understand that aspect. Yeah, that they're like, well, so and so left, so you know there must be something wrong or whatever. And it's like, no, it's yeah. okay. Just like everyone's it's got different preferences, fine. right? Like and I think like I've loved how I've had this happen here, where someone who's a bit older comes up and they're like, you know. This worship really isn't my cup of tea, but I see these young people raising their hands, worshiping, giving their life to God, and I don't care. Like Dave told me, they're like, I'll sacrifice what I want all day long to see that happen. That's how Southridge got where it was, was the older people here when the church began to change. They said, Mm -hmm. no, it's not the way that we would like it to be done, Yeah, but we like seeing those young people at the altar. Mm -hmm. We like seeing... Our right. kids' wing filled up, and yeah. it was because of people like that, people like Finley Pettit, mm-hmm. who, um, like, on his deathbed told his wife, never stop giving to this church, mm-hmm. even though we don't like the music, mm-hmm. we don't like some of this stuff. Yeah. It was people like Finley mm-hmm. and Arlene and Harry and Ina Hyde that yeah. stuck it out, even when they didn't like it. Yeah. It wasn't their preference because of what God was doing. Yeah. The church needs more people like that. And if and if you, if God has not equipped you to be that sort of saint, mm-hmm. then just go quietly to yeah. the place that that honestly they may be waiting on you. Right. Right. I don't know where we got this idea that the church that we are affiliated with mm-hmm. is like a life sentence. Like it right. may be for some people, mm-hmm. 
but other people, you may be a blessing to a church for a season and then be a blessing to another church for another season. Yeah. There's nothing, uh, and again, as long as you're not trying to do damage to the body in the process, yeah. right, That that's the big deal right there is yeah. you may have your preference and the church down the street may may fulfill that preference, but even there's going to be a season where that church, something's going to happen. It's not going to meet your preference, and again, you're going to be faced with those three decisions because yeah. this is just the nature of the church. The method is always changing. The message never does, mm-hmm. and you got to decide whether you're going to be spiritually mature enough to handle it. Mm-hmm. Properly, like we had someone leave our church one time, and, and it wasn't on good terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know they would talk poorly about the church uh, after they left. And I said, "Hey, look, you know I understand you're worshiping in another church. Jesus only has one church. No matter where you show up to worship on Sundays, Jesus only has one church. So when you talk poorly about Jesus, one of you know one of the ecclesias mm-hmm. or expressions of Jesus' church, you're you're still talking about yourself, man, right? right? So like you can't get away from Jesus' one." true church so that's why that's why none of this has to be nearly as contentious as what most church folks make it out to be yeah it's like i mean just it's okay this isn't for you right you you connect over there right much better and i promise you that church is going to be better for it if you're the right fit there and our church will be better for it as well it's not like i want to see this mass exodus of people from but i want jesus places people in the body according to their gifts and according to what he wants so if you're just in the wrong place, then just go to the place that he actually has for you. Mm-hmm. And and it doesn't it, it can be something very beautiful um to happen in the body yeah. when that happens. It doesn't always have to be a fight because the words of Jesus, they will know that you are mine by the way that you love each other. Mm-hmm. And the church can sometimes be a very unloving place to each other. And then, like, it'll be over silly stuff. And when non-believers find out about it, they'll be like, are you kidding me right now? Like, you're telling me that you're mad at that church over there because they, like, whatever it is, fill in the blank. It's also true because we've seen this, like, you know, there's a local church close, just, what, like, less a mile or so away from us. Yeah. And um, getting together with some of them and sharing about they minister to some of the same women we do through an addiction recovery home here in Charleston and um, hearing them share a story about a non-believer that comes and does some of the things, hearing how we talk well of each other, like the two different churches talking well about each other and, and being excited about what the other one is doing was like crazy to her. This unbeliever is like, this is weird. Like I've never experienced this before. How sad is that? Yeah, I mean, normally, like, just understand that we're, yeah, we have the same goal. it's not a competition like, whatsoever. We have the same goal to reach people for Jesus, like, to build the kingdom of God. If we're doing those things, like, why would we ever fight? But yeah. I, and I know often when we actually take time to, like, contemplate and really reflect on our preferences and what we're feeling about that, God can use that as an opportunity to teach us something. Oh, yeah. We can learn and grow through that. And I just want to ask you, like, have you had a moment or a time where God has used that type of situation, like a preference that maybe you were you you had or felt strongly about where he decided like God just spoke something to you through that? Yeah, well, I mean, that story that I shared Sunday when when I invited someone to come preach at my youth revival, um, I learned a valuable lesson like I had. It wasn't what what was taking place there was not my preference whatsoever. 
Um, and it, it really challenged me to see those people differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've, I have had that, uh, like, the Lord will use that. Um, and the Lord, like, I talked to Sunday about the list of songs that I hate that we sing here. Mm-hmm. The, like, the, that is such a challenging thing because, yeah. like, and, and this is, you know, I can understand that there's people in churches that feel the same way that I do and may, but maybe handle it differently. Like, I don't like every song that we sing here. But I don't force my way, even though I, I probably could, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you're the lead pastor, um, you you can probably choose the songs every Sunday if you want. But yeah. what I what I know is everyone connects to stuff differently. And if we only ever listen to stuff that I connect with, or if we had to, if we had to keep up with my personal preferences in music we would have to change monthly because i'm on to new stuff every month and it, you know so it's like it, it's not even practical in that sense and you know so through that like god is constantly teaching me like hey if you can just stay like this like it's gonna it's gonna benefit the body a lot like if you try to force your way on everything there's gonna be a lot of bodies left in the wake and there's going to be a lot of hurt and damage done mm-hmm. um, in that. It's just not a healthy way. And so yeah. I, I, the Lord has taught me a lot through through this. And I, there's no there's no way I'm not I'm not sitting here saying, oh, I'll do this we before me thing perfectly. Right. That's not that's not the case at all. Yeah. But I do know that that there is so much power um, personally in laying down my rights mm-hmm. and going, you know what. It's all right, sing yeah. that song. Because yeah. people, if people connect with it, like it doesn't yeah. matter if I do, it matters if people do. Right. Like a lot of these songs that I can't stand, yeah. when I sit in worship, first off, I'll sing with them, and in that moment I will connect with them because worship is more than the song. It's who I'm connecting mm-hmm. to. But then I'll also look around. One of the things that really feeds my, my soul is when I look around during worship and see other people worshiping, and I'll go like, see, look, like this may not be my song, but it's clearly their song. And if I had had my way, they wouldn't be having that experience with the Lord right now. Who am I? Like This is exactly what Peter yeah. said. Who am I to stand in the way of what God wants to do just because I don't like that song? Or like, it's not the way that it's been done before, yeah, which well, we'll get into in a, in a few weeks, but yeah, I don't so want to jump ahead too who, much. But I know, I just, like. I wish more people would just chill out. Like, And that's yeah. just in general. Yeah. Like, we're going to talk about politics this weekend. People are going to be up in arms. I, I'm going to probably feel like I, I was in a prize you know, fight, you know, boxing match at, at the end of it. And probably by the end of next week after all the <laughs> the e-bells and things yeah. that. But, again, it's just like, why can't everyone, why don't everyone just yeah. chill out, yeah. right? That that That's like in every area of life, if you would just chill out, yeah. chill a little bit and be like, look, things are not as big of a deal as what you're making them out to be. Right. Yeah. Whatsoever. I think I've learned that even through, like, through the years of, of ministry, there have been times where, you know, a volunteer comes up, they share something, and it, it kind of goes back through the whole of of this series, some of the things we've learned. But, you know, where somebody says they have a suggestion, they make it, and it's like, well, that's not how I would do it. But, like, you're the one teaching these kids in this classroom, and if that's what you think mm-hmm. is going to work or if that's what's working, let's do that. Let's try that um, to just remember that whole idea that, like, really this message is centered around is that, the message is sacred. The method is not. Like, we have to yeah. remember that within the things that we're doing. Like, even 
you know, I think about how to put this in my personal life. And there have been times where early on in marriage, I didn't like the way, you know, my husband may load the dishwasher differently. They may fold the towels differently. But at the end of the day, who cares how it was loaded or how they were folded? They were done. Like, that's what's important. It's not something to get in an argument about or, like, come behind them and, you know, demean what they've done because it's not how I would have done it. Um, just to remember, like, those things. Like, my relationship with my husband is more important in that moment than doing it the way that I would have done it. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that we think that we're going to care really strongly about for a long time, we really don't. Yeah. Like, I try to teach that to my son. His basketball team um, in the regular season made the championship game. Mm -hmm. We were on our way there, and he was all just, like, almost, like, nervous and, like, for it, which isn't something Landon would normally ever do. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, dude, here's the deal. Just knowing him, and this is God has made him in such a way that I'm mm-hmm. actually jealous of it because this is not the way that God made me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm jealous of Landon in this. Like I told him, I said, This game's going to be over in, in less than an hour. Mm-hmm. An hour from that point, I know you well enough, son. You are not going to care what happens. Mm-hmm. And he was like all tore up before the yeah. game and all this. And I'm like, li- And he was tore up after the game, too. And I was like, Don't you remember what we said on the way to the game, dude? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, in an hour from now, you are not going to care. And Mm-hmm. That's how God wired him. He, yeah. Like, I tell this all the time about people because it's not the way that I am. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so – like, Landon, um, If when we go to a baseball tournament, we'll make the championship and we'll lose. I have 12 kids on my team. 11 of them will be losing their mind crying at the end of that game. Landon is normally the one that's like, so are, are we going to lunch? Like, <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Right? For him, the stuff that seems – like – for other people, it seems like a really big deal. It normally really is not to him. Mm-hmm. And, like, I go, like, as an adult, I'm like, man, I really need to learn that because there's stuff that I think is going to be a really, really big deal, and I'll start, mm-hmm. like, having conversations in my head. Like, if something pops off with a volunteer here, mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, all hell's going to break loose. This is going to be a disaster. Yeah. We're going to lose 60 people in, <laughs> in, in one given week, and I'll just yeah. on and on and on. Yeah. And then every single time that I have felt like that about a situation, at the end of it, it always ends up, it really wasn't that big of a deal, was it? Right. No, Scott, you spent a lot of time and energy mm-hmm. having fake conversations with people in your head. And so, really, when it comes to these, like, personal preferences things, mm-hmm. like, good grief, if we would just chill out just a yeah. little bit and learn from Landon, like, yeah. it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like, yeah. an hour from, an hour after that game, you're not going to care. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, a year down the road, you are not going to care about what it is that you're sitting here fussing about. Yeah. You just aren't. Yeah. Now, you talked a little bit about scripture and how um, scripture should play a big part in this as well. And that, like, our guide should be scripture and the spirit, the Holy Spirit, that they are going to be in agreement with this. Because I know, like, because I've had this happen, and I'm sure you have as well, where somebody comes up and is trying to say that, you know, God spoke to them that we should do this or we should do that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, um, God didn't speak that to me, and it doesn't really line up with with Scripture or our vision or yeah. whatever. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit more. Flesh that out. Like, what exactly yeah. you mean by that? And are the like are yeah. there times where I mean, you say they will be in agreement? Like, if ch- if churches ever get sideways on stuff, this mm-hmm. is where it happens: is they disregard what the sh- they will disregard plain things in the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And then they will overemphasize things that are not in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. That's where churches just keep getting in trouble over yeah. and over and over and over and over is the stuff that's really plain in the scriptures. We normally have a tendency to make really light of, right? Like people, like I'm telling you, your average churchgoer, 
does not care to gossip behind someone's back. They do not care not one single bit to sit there and send messages around the church about the pastor or about someone in their small group or or through a prayer chain going, oh, did you know what's happening in so-and-so's life? They don't think, they don't care at all about that. Mm -hmm. And that same group of people will be like, can you believe what he wore to church? I'm like, well, wait a second. The Bible is so clear on gossip, and you disregard it. The Bible says nothing about what people wear to church, and you you act like that's the Antichrist for right. walking in here like that. Yeah. That's the, that's that's where the church has fallen off the rails. Is like the stuff that's in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. They they take very lightly the stuff that's not in it. These mm-hmm. these man made things they hold up like they're yeah. scripture, yeah. and and that that and and. I don't know how people miss this. This is exactly what the Pharisees did. Yeah. They did not follow the laws yeah. like they should have because loving your uh, neighbor was not just, Jesus was not the first one to say that. That right. happens in the Old Testament law, mm-hmm. and they would constantly take advantage of people while adhering to the laws that they made up. Right. Right, and so it was always like, you know, rules for for y'all, but not for us, right? Where you follow those, but we just do whatever we want because we're the ones that wrote the laws. I don't know how the church has not seen that they normally are more aligned with the Pharisees than they are Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like we make so little deal out of yeah. like pe- someone in the church. I'm talking like they could go out and have an affair on their spouse mm-hmm. and would care care less about that than if if you sang a song that they didn't like. Right. I'm. I, I know that sounds. Like over the top, but I'm dead serious. There are yeah. people that have caused problems in churches that whose lives are full of sin, yeah. but will sit there and fight about something that yep. is not in the Bible, and that's why the Scripture, what it says, should be our guide, and what yeah. it does not say, we should stop talking about. Yeah. We should stop worrying about that sort of stuff. And if if churches would do that, if church leaders would demand that in their congregations, like listen. We're not sitting here dealing with issues that are not in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. We're just not doing it. Yeah. And then on the you know the other the other way people get sideways on this is when they think that the spirit is telling them something that the scriptures never said. Yeah. Right. Like oh you know I think the the Lord wants me to go pursue that relationship. Was well, that a good relationship for you? What's the scripture say about that relationship? Oh, it's very explicit that I should not be involved in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the Lord's leading me there. No, you're leading yourself there, right? The Spirit will always agree with the Scripture. The, 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 like, if you feel the Lord leading you to lie and the Scriptures say don't lie, you're not listening to the Spirit in that moment. Like, they're just not, they're always going to be in yeah. sync. The Spirit will never lead you outside of the, the declared will of God in the Scriptures. And, and we get really, that's what's happening in these mainline denominations and, and in any other denomination or church that is, um, like the UCC church um, is, um, is, is guilty of this, where they're claiming that there's been new revelation that is overturning things that have been settled in the canon for 2,000 years. Mm-hmm. No, this, see, the story of Peter we talked about on Sunday was pre-finalization of the canon. Yeah. Right now, it's settled how God feels on all of this stuff. This mm-hmm. is where these churches are are really falling off the rails and going, well, you know, you know, we feel like God is still speaking. It's like, mm-hmm. no, he, for, well, yes, God is still speaking, right. but he is always speaking in According. tune with what he has already said. He is not 
double-minded in that right. sense. And and to try to use the Old Testament versus New Testament as like your example of how God may take what's in the New Testament and then change it again, this is an inaccurate way of looking at things. Right. Judaism um, and what is written in the Old Testament law serve one purpose. How God feels about certain topics is consistent through the whole the whole thing. Yes. The, there, there wasn't anything that he changed his mind from the Old Testament to the New Testament on. Yeah. The, and if you say, well, what about some of those laws? Y'all don't follow those. You don't understand what those laws were there for. Right. right. Those laws, a lot of the laws in the Old Testament were not dealing with morality. Right. What God sees as good and what God yep. sees as evil. Those laws had to do with something else. So to, to try to say, okay, well, God has now changed his mind again 2,000 years later, and so now we're going to permit this, and now this is okay, and this is okay, and this is okay, yeah. whatever. This is, this is how people are falling off mm-hmm. the rails. The Spirit will always guide you to the Scriptures, yeah. and those two things will act as the guardrails yeah. of your life. And if you do not let those two things act as the guardrails of your life, you will drive yourself right into the ditch. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's important to remember, too, that, like, all throughout Scripture, those key things, like, will be the same throughout yeah. And so, like, we have to look at it as a whole as well because I know that sometimes people will use Scripture and twist it in a way to make it seem like it's saying something that it's not. Oh, yeah. To try to make their point valid. Yeah, that makes people nervous when you say that I can twist Scripture to say whatever I want it. But you can. Yeah. I can make the Scriptures. If I pull something out of context Mm -hmm. or I start, this is the game that some people are trying to play right now. Oh, well, there wasn't a Greek word for this. No, you're not doing the proper research. Right. Like that, this is the game that everyone's trying to play now. Oh no, he didn't really mean that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, wait, wait, wait a second. Let's get let's get a second opinion on that. Yeah. Right. That, these are the games that everyone's trying to play mm-hmm. now. Now that we're trying to we're trying to drive back to the scriptures, but then mm-hmm. what you're what you're wanting is your interpretation of the scriptures. Yeah. And that this just doesn't fly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I get that. Our more fundamentalist friends in the Christian movement will say the very same thing about the two yeah. of us because we are uh, egalitarian mm-hmm. um, when it comes to gender roles and yeah. women in ministry. They will say, I mean, here's the plain reading. Of this. Right. I get it that they have that argument, the same argument that I have against more liberal theologians um, in the way that they handle the Scriptures. Right. I get that it's the exact same argument. Be- and, again, it's because not any of us are innocent in this. We're mm-hmm. all trying to do the absolute best we can. Yeah. Um, you know, but yeah, people are trying to play too many games with the scriptures nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're going to have to make a really, really solid case if you're going to try to overturn something yep. that is really, really clear in the New Testament. Absolutely, to me. awesome. Well, thank you, Pastor Scott. As always, we drop new content every Wednesday at noon Eastern Standard Time on our Southridge Church podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so that way you don't miss any new content. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to The Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.